Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome on in to another edition of Philly's Full Count, Nick Earnshaw, your host. Once again, this is our second episode. Happy to be here with you and a lot to talk about. We're going to recap the weekend. We're going to talk about the weekend that was with the Phillies and the Guardians. It's been a tough stretch for the Phillies as of late, so we'll get into all that. We also have lots to look forward to. The Baltimore Orioles coming to town today and the rest of the week. So should be a very interesting uh, week of baseball. A lot of American League action. You got the Guardians this past weekend. Then you're going to have the Orioles. As well, coming in this week, Adley Rushman, Gunnar Henderson. Saw a lot of these guys play down when I worked in minor leagues. And the Orioles are a really good team. They started catching ground on the Rays, overtook them for a little bit. So they're in a a dogfight right now with the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, So a lot to get to there. Um, We're going to talk a little, maybe touch on the Hall of Fame. Scott Rowland, former Philadelphia Philly, very controversial Philadelphia Philly. We'll get to him. And we will also get to our Who's Next segment uh, to end the show today. But before that, we're going to talk a little trade deadline, uh, too, um, because I want to. It's it's getting close. We're getting closer to August first and that deadline. And the Phillies, they yeah, they have some needs. Um, but is there one need that might have gone away uh, this past weekend? So have to look some of the positive things that happened in a series loss against the Cleveland Guardians. So. It was a quick little road trip. Didn't go as planned. They ended on a positive note. Um, but we'll get into all that trade deadline stuff rolling. We'll get into who's next. Some of the players that I've been watching. I picked one for this show for this week that I wanted to touch on. And, you know, he's a name that's going to be floated a lot in the in the coming days, in the next couple of uh, couple of weeks, etc. Um, so we will talk about him as well in our who's next segment so lots to get to but first we have to talk about what happened this past weekend and you know it didn't go very well uh say the least it it was not not a great weekend for baseball for the phillies um they lose two of three to the guardians starting on friday night um but the big story in that game well that was bryce harper playing first base for the first time in his career, first time this season. Um, I'll tell you what, going back to Friday night and watching that game, I worked that game, unbelievable. Uh, I thought Bryce Harper was fantastic. 
Um, you know, he made some comments after the game yesterday. I, I'll, I'll touch on when we get to, to yesterday's game uh, on Sunday. But my goodness, my goodness, he looks fantastic out there. He's making plays. And, how, you know, isn't it just poetic? It's just poetic that the first first play, first pitch, he's out in the field at first base, um, you know, for first at bat, it goes right to him. Ground ball right to him. I mean, you know, the ball will find you, right? I mean, that saying is old as time. And, uh, yeah, I it was it was something else to see Bryce Harper uh, play first. It, it felt a little awkward seeing him there because you're so used to him. Well, either at, you know, either DH in now or in, in the outfield. It's just what you've become accustomed to as a fan. And to see him out there at first, it, it, was, it was a pleasant sight. He made some really good plays, looked comfortable, didn't look stiff, um, and he made that that great catch going in into foul territory, into the netting, into the camera well where there was actually no cameras. Um, but uh, you know, thank goodness he didn't get hurt. Um, I saw a lot of people on on social media just complaining um, about him making that play. Like, like, do you understand who Bryce Harper is? Like. I understand you're worried about him getting hurt. Blah, 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 blah. I understand. That's how he plays the game, man. You got to let him play the game how it's supposed to be played. And he does that. He plays at 110%. He runs hard. He hustles. Like, you know, let him go play the game. And, you know, if he, if, you know, he's going to get a little banged up, he's going to get a little banged up. And, you know, even on that catch, you know, I, my heart went, oh my goodness, for a second. But, you know, I, 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 I didn't think he was going to get hurt on that play. So uh, let him play. Let him do what he, he does best. Uh, play the game hard. And, you know, that's why we all love him. So uh, great, great job by, to see uh, to see Bryce Harper out at first. He looked pretty good. Um, so that was the positive out of game one. They lost this game 6-5. to five. Uh, You know, tough, tough loss again. Uh, it was actually the first game. The first game. The Phillies went back-to-back this year and having two straight home runs and back-to-back plate appearances. Uh, JT Romuto and then Bryson Stott. Um, they, they got him back in the game. That was in the seventh inning. Um, got it to 6-5, to five, but the Phillies could not muster up any more runs in that ball game. And they lose a close one. I mean, a close one in, in that ball ballgame. Um, Ranger Suarez, he just he didn't look... He hasn't really looked in his past couple starts. Um, you know, his velocity was good, but he it just he was leaving pitches out over the plate. He had four and runs, two walks, five strikeouts, and five innings of work. Um, the bullpen was fine. Uh, only two earned runs after that. Marte, uh, or you know, a third of an inning for him. The rest of the guys, Strom, Bellotti, Soto, they did a good job at, at keeping the game where it was. But the Phillies just couldn't muster up any other runs, um, and, and that's an issue. For the Phillies, if, if they can't muster up runs in, in a close game like that, they got back into it. But uh, in the end, uh, just couldn't couldn't get the series opener. And uh, the next day, uh, another problem. They couldn't get the bats going whatsoever. They didn't score any runs in that one. Uh, and, and they, you know, it felt like they wasted just a really really good start from Zach Wheeler. I mean, seven innings pitched, five hits, one earned, one walk, eight strikeouts. It, you know, he he looked really really good. In that star, and it's just oh, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating to see how they lost that game, 
Um, obviously, if you haven't heard, I was up in Cooperstown, so you know we were on our phones, like keeping track of the game. You know, at the on, on you know the uh, on the app bat app or whatever, um, just trying to see you know what happened. Saw the replay. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I, I mean, what is going on with this defense, man? I mean, Stott, Castellanos. I it it was like a preview a couple of weeks ago when they ended the game on Stott and Castellanos colliding, but Stott hung on to the ball. And now this time they let it drop all in between them and just an utter disaster for that to be the only run that was scored. Oh, come on. Come on, man. Oh, it one nothing. They lose this game. Um, there's not much else to say. The bats were non-existent. Two hits. Two hits in this ball game. Trey Turner with one and Mundo Sosa with another. Uh 0 for 3 with runners in scoring position. Uh I, I mean it's it's the tale of 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 this season. Uh they they just with runners on, they they struggled. I mean, even in the first game, it was it was really bad with runners in scoring position. I mean, how many times were people left on base with runners left on? I mean, it was it was brutal. It was brutal. In the first game, they were one for six with runners in scoring position. Uh and then they 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 can't get anyone across in game two. So very frustrating um to see how they lost that game, especially in a really good Zach Wheeler start. Um going going seven innings in the bullpen, you know, doing its job too in in that ball game. So Another tough one. So that, you know, cost them the series. They lose the series. Come back on Sunday, final game, matinee, Sunday afternoon. Thank goodness they won this game. Um, thank goodness they won this game. Um, Harper once again at first base. Um, looked pretty good. Uh, they 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 blow the lead. Craig Kimbrell's first blown save of the season. Uh yeah. You know, he's given up some pop flies, some deep pop flies in some of his outings that I, I, I felt like this was inevitable. I, I might be the only one that felt like that, but he's given up some some hard hit balls in some of his outings. And it's not a knock. I'm just I'm just saying like it, it, it was a feeling that I've had like one's going to go out at some point and like it's going to be in a big spot. And yesterday with two outs, um, giving giving up the game tying home run yesterday, really, really tough stuff. Right there um, in the ninth because, you know, you're on the road. You've got to come back home uh, on Monday. you got to play the Baltimore Orioles. So it's a quick turnaround. you got to get on the plane, et cetera. Um, and in the ninth, you, you have Fry hit the home run and uh, ties the game. I mean, it was a moonshot. And, um, yeah, I mean, it stinks because Kimball's been really good. Like, the, he struggled his first couple outings to start the season, pitched really well, kind of settled in as the closer. Uh, for right now, and you know he's pitched well, so you know you're not going to be perfect. No, nobody's going to be Brad Lidge of 08 every single year. So it's fun, you know. It's it, it happens. The Phillies they they came back. Um, Bryce Harper helps give them the lead, and you know they they pour it on in the top of the tenth inning. Uh, Real Muto with a sack fly, Bone with a single to make it eight to four. Uh, in, in the tenth, the bottom of the tenth, excuse me. Uh, the Guardians added another one, a Quan single, but listen, they won the ball game, uh, eight to five. They get out of there with at least one victory. Didn't get swept by Cleveland. It's, you know, Cleveland's a good team, um, but you know, I I thought this they they could have won Friday night. Um, just couldn't get couldn't get enough across. Um, too many runners left on. I mean, that was a winnable game for sure. The fact you blow a Wheeler start like that. 
Um, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. And it, and it proves that this team needs needs a bat. Definitely needs a bat. Um, I wouldn't mind getting another pitcher, but I, I I think they need a bat, man. They need guy. They need someone else to drive in runs when when you when you're when you're leaving this many uh, runners on base. I, it just becomes astronomically frustrating, and this is what this team's done all year. So tough, tough weekend for the Phils. They lose two or three to the Cleveland Guardians. They fall to fifty three and forty six on the season, but they did get that that final victory in the third game of the series. So. Um, some positives like seeing Bryce at first, he even mentioned, um, post game on TV, uh, that he, he, like, he made some mistakes. Like he, he forgot to be the cutoff guy for Castellanos, um, you know, like minor things, but I, you know, he felt, he feels really prepared to play first. Um, it's a tough position, man. I mean, I, and I love, oh, I love seeing all the money ball memes. I mean, it's great. Uh, I know, Producer Dan Wilson put out a Moneyball meme. I think Justin Morgenstein did too. I was cracking up at that because all I thought about when when they were gonna teach Bryce Harper to play first base was this was a scene in Moneyball uh, when Ron Washington and Billy Bean. I can I don't know why I was blanking on his name, but Billy Bean and Ron Washington go to Scott Hatterberg's house and you know they're gonna tell him he plays first base. Ron Washington you know has the famous line, "It's incredibly hard <laughs> to play first. So. Uh, I thought that was cool to see all those memes as well. But, you know, Bryce, they're not going to play him every day. That's the problem. So we'll get into that when I want to talk about the trade deadline. All right, you're listening to Phillies Full Count right here on Phillies 24-7. We'll be right back here on Phillies Full Count. More to come right after this break. Welcome back to Phillies Full Count. Nick Earnshaw, your host here today, episode 2. Show number two, excited to be with you once again to talk some fills, and we want to preview the upcoming series. Yes, the upcoming series with the Baltimore Orioles. How about that? This will be the first series that the Phillies take on the Orioles since 2021, so it's been a couple of years since they've played each other in the regular season. They've played each other in spring training before, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, listen, the Phillies coming into this one, obviously we recapped the Cleveland Guardians series. They've lost two or three in that one. They also lost in the Milwaukee Brewers series. So it's been a tough stretch for the Phillies and the Orioles are no joke. The Orioles are no joke. They just took three of four from the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, they look absolutely fantastic. Ryan O'Earn, uh, in, in the last game against Tampa Bay, hit a big home run, to give them the victory, go ahead, Homer. Uh, what a great job by O'Hearn. And I have to say, this Orioles team is stacked with young talent. Stacked with young talent. Um, they have Gunnar Henderson, Adley Rutschman. Um, they, they have guys just coming up. I mean, even in their system, Jackson Holiday, another player, uh, first-round pick. I mean, they have... Players on players on players in their farm system. Uh, kind of the opposite of what the Phillies have been. Um, but just, you know, going going through the Orioles, man. I mean, looking at what they've been able to do. So this is a stat from MLB Metrics. From the start of 2018 until July 2nd, 2022, the Orioles had the worst record in baseball by 34 games. The Orioles have been terrible, terrible. Since July 3rd, 2022, the Orioles have the fourth best record in baseball behind only the powerhouse Dodgers, Braves, and Astros. Just an unreal turnaround. Unreal. I mean, 
the fact they've been able to, to switch it around this fast, I mean, I didn't think the Orioles were going to take that step this year. I didn't. And right now, they, you know, Tampa Bay, the way they started the year, all those wins, I mean, they, they were the way out front. Now the Orioles, they've overtaken them. They took three or four from Tampa Bay. Unreal. I, I mean, the fact they've been able to do that, I mean, they, they win game one, four to three. They lose second game, three nothing. Then six, five, five, three victories. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that's legit. They're two games up in the AL East, six and a half in front of Toronto, eight and a half in front of Boston, eight and a half in front of the last place Yankees. It's a great division, great division. Everyone's over 500, but the Orioles are that much better. They have 61 wins on the year. I mean, just unreal, uh, the turnaround they've been able to have. And, you know, this is a team that's probably going to make a splash at the deadline. So they're coming in this week against the Phillies, red hot. They're coming off a big series victory against the, their division rival in Tampa Bay, overtaking them for first place. And this is a team that's that's on their way, and this is a team that's going to be good for a very long time. They've done it the right way. They've built their pieces through the farm system, called guys up, developed them really well. Um, yeah, this is not going to be an easy series for the Phillies, and they they're coming off. Two really tough series against the Brewers and, and, and Cleveland. They've lost both of them. Um, I, I'm not saying hit the panic button. I'd be a little worried. Be a little worried. Um, you know, going into this one, I yeah, I, I I certainly would be. And I know that Baltimore, their the pitching has isn't the best. They don't have the biggest names. Um, but my goodness, I mean they've they they're legit, man. I I'm, I'm not gonna put. Anything. I'm not going to doubt the Orioles whatsoever. Um, they're they're legit right now. I don't know if they go to a World Series this year, but my goodness, they can make a little noise in the playoffs. Um, especially if they they continue to be this hot. I it's this is going to be a tough series. I, I don't want Phillies fans to overlook this Orioles team just because they're a young team and their starting pitching is yeah it's okay. Um, they don't have the big names. I mean, the big name to us is Kyle Gibson, which we'll we'll see in Game Two. Um, he'll, he'll be he's the probable pitcher for Game Two in this series. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I just going down to what what to expect in this series. Um, Dean Kramer, he's gonna be he's gonna be the pitcher uh, on Monday, and he's you know he struggled in his last start against the Dodgers, four and two thirds. Four hits, five earned, gave up two long balls, also had four walks. A um, couple of starts before that, pitched pretty well against Miami, pitched pretty well against the New York Yankees, only gave up one earned run in each of those starts. So other than the last start against the Dodgers, has had a pretty good month of July, but, I mean, he, he didn't have a very good month of June. Um, his ERA uh, was a 5.91, not, not great. He's gotten it down to 3.57 this month, um, but on the season, 10-4, uh, 4.80 4 ERA, and 20 starts. So, I, you know, the Phillies, if they can get the bats going against Dean Kramer, I, I think they can win this game. But, hey, I'm not going to doubt that Baltimore offense um, with the lineup that they have. I mean, they, you know, Gunnar Henderson has started to like heat up a little bit. You know, had a had a pretty good series against against the Tampa Bay Rays. So, I, you know, this is just a team that's really just been surprising. I I I I knew they were probably going to be really good at some point. I didn't think it'd be this quick. 
that's just my thing. I didn't think it'd be this quick um, that they, you know, start winning games and competing and being first place in the AL East. You know, all, all the behemoths, the Yankees, the Red Sox, Rays, Toronto. I mean, they, they all have really good teams. Um, but, yeah, Gunner at the top of the lineup starting to heat up a little bit. Have to worry about him. Rutschman, I mean, obviously he's had a good year, batting 269 or 372 OBP and 425 slugging. Um, was obviously in the home run derby. was an all-star. Um, giving JT a run for his money. I mean, he's been better than JT this year um, behind the dish um, for, for BCIB. Um, so you, you always got to worry about him. O'Hearn, really well. Batting 313 on the season, 358 OBP, 528 slugging. Been a really good pickup for him. Colton Kowser, another young player I like a lot. Hasn't gotten it going yet. Hasn't had a lot of time up in the bigs, but definitely some guy, one of the guys to look at. Aaron Hicks, um, you know, you've heard his name a little bit uh, before when he's with the Yankees, etc. Uh, the, the lineup doesn't scream big names, but it doesn't matter because they're playing really good baseball and they're playing together and they're young, they're fast, they're quick. Um, so definitely have to have to be worried about this lineup this weekend. You're hoping you can get some good starts out of, out of this Phillies pitching because this is this is a lineup that's, that's played really well so far this season. Um, in that first game against Dean Kramer, you have Christopher Sanchez. Pitched okay um, in his last start. Fine. Um, but you, you hopefully, in an inexperienced lineup, they don't take advantage of Christopher Sanchez. Hopefully you can get a, a good five innings out of him, and then maybe the bullpen can do the rest. Uh, looking at game two, Kyle Gibson, our former guy, our former Philly, Gibby, he's coming back to town. Whole, whole face-off against Taiwan Walker. Um, looking forward to that start. That's going to be a really good game on Tuesday. Um, should be a good matchup. Gibson's been all right this year. 9-6, 4.76 ERA on the season. And Gibson's last start, he went six innings. He up three earned. Uh, also gave up two walks, had eight strikeouts. He also had an 11 strikeout performance a couple of starts ago on July 9th against Minnesota. Um, so Gibby, you know, he, he's, he's been okay this year. Ha, uh, I mean, in June, 6.84 ERA. This month, 5.18 ERA. Um, so you can, you can get some basic. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, Baltimore, they're going to give up some runs. Like, their starting pitch is going to give up some runs. So you got to attack early. Uh, and get that get that pitcher out to start because this is a team that can hit the, the Orioles can hit. I mean they, you know they're winning games, they're finding ways to win, and you know you, you can't take them lightly. I know that I know the statistics for their starting pitching isn't great, but it's something you can't overlook with this team because they listen they got they got some players on this team. Final game rubber match on Wednesday uh, will be Kyle Bradish and Ranger Suarez. Bradish six and five on the season three point. 0-5 ERA in his last start uh, against Tampa Bay uh, on the 21st. Went six innings, six hits, two earned, uh, one walk, um, and five strikeouts. So he's had a really good month of July, 1.07 ERA this month. Uh, he's been pitching really well. So that's the game where you, you're going to worry a little bit. And that's when you want to see, hopefully, Ranger kind of get back to his form because, you know, in, in his last few starts, man, I mean, Ranger, Ranger just hasn't looked the same. I mean, he just hasn't looked the same uh, this season, to be honest. Uh, he doesn't look like lockdown Ranger. I mean, starting against Cleveland on the 21st wasn't wasn't great. I mean, he went 
went five innings, like I mentioned earlier, four earned runs in that one, two walks, five Ks. Uh, so hopefully Ranger in that rubber match can give you a good start, kind of get back on track here, um, because this would be a big series win if the Phillies can take two or three from Baltimore. Baltimore's a good team, playing well. they got a lot of young players. Hopefully they don't make any big moves during this series where they add like a big bat or a really good starting pitcher or something, but that shouldn't happen. Um, I, I expect the Orioles to be busy at the trade deadline, as for the Phillies too. All right, that's a look ahead to the upcoming series and the Phillies' next opponent. When we get back, I want to talk a little about Scott Rowland getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. My thoughts, I was there. I saw him get inducted. I was in Cooperstown. And then I want to also give some more kind of updated thoughts on the trade deadline, maybe some different players that I've I've thought about since last week's show. That's all coming up. Welcome back to Phillies Phillies Full Full Count. Count. Nick Earnshaw, your host. A couple more segments to go, and I want to start this segment by talking about Scott Rowland. He was inducted to the Baseball Hall of Fame this past weekend. Myself, Francisco Rojas, we were both up there, Pinarado from KYW. We all three of us went up there uh, to Cooperstown. It was it was my first time up there. I, I've never been to Cooperstown. Um, thought it'd be a cool thing to just go, see the enshrinement, um, you know, walk around, shop a little, see the museum. Um, it, it was cool. Wasn't necessarily really going for Scott Rowland, um, but just, just kind of wanted to go and experience the whole thing. Um, I will say, there were um, there were Scott Rowland Phillies jerseys. I, I did see a few of them. Don't worry, there were there were some Phillies fans there. Um, there there was there was actually a decent amount of Phillies fans there, um, but it wasn't like an over like like Phillies fans overtaking uh, uh, Cooperstown. It w- was nothing like that. But I, I there was there was some Phillies fans there. There was some Scott Rowland Phillies jerseys um, for sure. Um, definitely came out to see him because. You know, Scott Rowland, he's had he's had a complicated past uh, with, with the Phillies. I mean, he didn't want to be here. Um, he he wanted out. He didn't think the team was winning. Um, you know, back in two thousand one, two thousand two, was offered the big contract, and you know, came out claimed it wasn't about the money. It was about winning. All that, all that fun stuff. It's going to be enshrined in the Phillies Wall of Fame later this year. He's not going to make the August date, but apparently in September he's he's going to be here. So, um, just. You know, he he mentioned Philadelphia. Didn't have anything bad to say in his induction speech uh, about Philadelphia. He he echoed that he learned the game here. This is where he learned how to play baseball. Um, you know, he he didn't have anything bad to say about the fans. Didn't have anything bad to say about Philadelphia in his enshrinement street speech. So take it how you will. Take it however you want it. Scott Rowland, Hall of Famer. Um, went in as a Cardinal, didn't expect him to go in as Philadelphia Philly. Um, you could, however, uh, going with a blank cap. He did not. He elected to go in as St. Louis Cardinal. And I mean, I mean, it's no shock there, right? I mean, that's where he won his World Series, pennants, uh, made multiple all-star teams. Um, you know, it makes sense. He, he played for the Blue Jays for a short period of time, as well as ended his career in Cincinnati with the Reds. Uh, but it, it got, it all got started in Philadelphia and, you know, it's it's not like a Mike Schmidt going to the Hall. It's not like a Richie Ashburn. It's not like a, a Roy Halladay, Jim Tomey even. Um, Scott Rowland. I mean, he just it it was just a, such a such a 
difficult way the things ended. Like it wasn't a great way that everything ended. It was a little before my time. Um, I can only speak to the historical aspect of it and, you know, what I, what I researched, et cetera. Um, it was a little before my time, <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it wasn't a pretty ending. Fans were very upset. He just did not like Philadelphia, did not want to be here um, because they weren't winning. I mean, this team this was not a good team, uh, late 90s, early 2000s. It, it, it just wasn't. This was not a team that um, made the playoffs. It wasn't a team that um, was going to contend for a World Series. So he wanted out, and he made it known, and the fans, you know, they, they booed him. And... Hey, it is what it is. A complicated history. Um, there, I'm sure there's plenty of Phillies fans that still like Scott Rowland. I mean, there was, there was, like I mentioned, there was Phillies Scott Rowland jerseys there. Um, that you know, during the parade, they have Cooperstown. They have a parade for the Hall of Famers the day before the induction ceremony. Um, I saw Rowland Phillies jerseys getting held up when he got off his truck uh, after the parade and, and to go sign autographs. Like there were, there were still some Phillies fans that enjoyed it. So. Um, I don't have a problem with Roland getting in. Really good player. I mean, there's so many, so many other issues with the Hall of Fame and you know the voting and all all that good stuff. Um, I have I have talked about at length um, before, just uh, about the problem with with how voting is done, with the criteria, all that. Um, but Scott Roland, really good player, man. Deep the glove. Ridiculous. I, I mean, he was an awesome defender. Um, I think that's really what helped him get over the top. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's a little bit of Phillies news because yeah, he was he was a good Philly. Started his career here, was developed here, second round pick, and he's now a Hall of Famer. Didn't go in as a Philadelphia Philly, but he he was enshrined and he's supposed to be in the Wall of Fame for the Phillies now coming this year. So a lot of controversy there. I don't know if I love that him getting in the Wall of Fame here. Uh, you can pick so many other players. I feel like um, than, than Scott Rowland, just to, just because of how everything went down and um, how it 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 was a it's a complicated relationship and and all that good stuff. So I I don't know. I don't know what type of reception he'll get when he's enshrined. We'll see. We'll see what happens uh, when he gets enshrined at the Phillies Wall of Fame, not not in Cooperstown. Um, but he didn't have anything bad to say about Philadelphia. He didn't even in the media availability afterwards. He didn't have anything bad to say about Phillies fans or anything. So it was cordial. Uh, it, it was, he kept it, you know, good. He didn't, you know, go out of his way to to disparage Philadelphia or anything. So good on him. Didn't end well here in his career. People, I'm sure, still have strong opinions about Scott Rowland. Don't like him, whatever. That's your opinion. I, you know, I'm indifferent on it. Uh, you know, Scott Rowland, really good player. Didn't, didn't I, just didn't, didn't happen here. Just didn't happen here. Um, uh, the Phillies weren't a good team. He didn't want to be here. So be it. Um, so be it. So that's that on, on Scott Rowland and his induction into the Hall of Fame. I want to touch on the trade deadline. Uh, I will be doing more of a trade deadline show next week. But, uh, yeah, I, I this Harper thing at first base is getting me. It's really getting me, right? Like, it's this is a thing with, with Bryce. I mean, he's making all these diving catches. He's learning, but they're not going to... Rob Thompson said he's not going to play there every day. I I don't know what to make of that. Like, how how much does that impact their decision-making on maybe going after a first baseman? Like, going after a Bellinger, going after a C.J. Crone, going after a Paul Goldschmidt. How much does that impact them? You know what I mean? Like, 
how does it impact them in the sense of, all right, if Bryce can play first, like are we going to play in there almost every day? Um, and, you know, we're not going to change the lineup a ton, but we're going to have Kyle Schwarber DH. I don't know. I don't know how much this is going to play into their trade deadline, um, you know, wants and needs. So I, I would love to see Harper there at first. This team needs a bat, though, man. This team needs a bat, preferably a right-handed bat, um, just, just because of how, like, you look at this lineup. You look at this lineup, all the talent that they have, even without Reese Hoskins in the lineup. And they just cannot, they just cannot seem to get runners in uh, when, when, you know, they have the bases loaded or runners are at second or third in, in scoring position. They just seem like they always falter. No, no pun intended there. No Bailey falter here. But, um, yeah, I, I think they need a, a right-handed bat. I know Bellinger's out there. I, I thought I think that would be great. I, I want Marcus Stroman, as I, I've talked about last episode. I would love Marcus Stroman in a Philadelphia Phillies uniform. Wouldn't wouldn't mind adding another pitcher. But it it's become clear that this team needs a bat. Right hand would be preferably uh, the way to go. But I don't know, man. Like the, you have Bryce at first. Are you going to go after a first baseman? Like that's the thing. Are you going to go after? a first baseman, if if you're comfortable with Bryce being that guy, like the sample size is just so small. I just wish they kind of started this and spearheaded it uh, like a couple of weeks ago, maybe a week or two ago, right? Even in the Milwaukee series. I don't even know if that would have been enough time, but like a, a couple more games here instead of like the week before, pretty much 10 days out before the 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 trade deadline. I, I, I don't know. How much they're gonna want him to play there? It doesn't seem like they want him there every single day, but I don't. I'm just. I, I sit here, and you know, you can go after a CJ Crone first baseman. He's batting 255 on the season. Um, I think that would be a name you wouldn't have to go up a ton of prospects. I don't think they're going to make this gigantic splash. I think Dave Dombrowski is. Is going to make some good moves, some solid moves, but I don't think he's going to give up the farm. I just, I, I just don't see it playing out that way. I think we'll get another bat, maybe not at an arm, whether it's a starter, whether it's a reliever, but I, I just don't see this team really making like a Shohei Otani, a Paul Goldschmidt type of move um, at this point. Now, I, I, I've sat back and I've thought about it, like making that type of move, and then. They've, they've started to replenish their farm system. They've, they've got some really good prospects. Painter obviously is hurt, but Mick Abel, Griffin McGarry, um, Johan Rojas, we've seen him come up, um, Crawford. I, there's a number of guys, right? And, and they've started to replenish. You're going to try and win a title right now. You may have to give up those guys. I hate it. It, it, it burns me to say you may have to give up some of your top prospects. I just don't know what bat you're going to go get, right? Like, Bellinger would be great. He's a left-handed, fine, fine. He's a left-handed bat, fine. Um, but you you need to add something to this lineup because they they need they need another, you know, they, they need something new to, to, to add, right? Like, they don't have Hoskins. They don't have that power in there. They lost that. Derek Hall, bad at first base. You know, Jake Cave, you know, what are we doing with Jake Cave? 
right now. I mean, they, they need an upgrade. They, they have to get an upgrade. Trey Turner hasn't had a great year. Um, you know, he's, he's been down this year. All of the numbers are down. JT Romuto hasn't been good. So that's another thing. Like you have to look at in the second half when you're, when you're looking to make a move and make a splash and add another impact bat, like, are you going to, like, you have to think about, like, you need your guys to step up the guys you have right now. Like you need a Trey Turner to step up more. Like he's got it. He's got to do a better job with runners on. Um, and he's, he just has to have a better approach to play. Like I feel like he's getting his pitches, but he's just, He's whiffing on him. Like he's fouling him off, and um, he's just not making great contact. Uh, like Turner has to step up. JT Romuto has to step up. Your own guys also have to step up. So maybe that'll be another spark you get heading into uh, he- heading into this uh, uh, upcoming trade deadline, like in, in the second half. Like that. Like maybe you'll get those spark from those other guys. So maybe you don't have to. Um, go out and get that impact, like that 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 Shohei Otani, Paul Goldschmidt type level player. It's it's just something to think about. Like, all right, are you are these guys going to start producing um, late August, early September, into October? That's another thing you have to think about when trying to make these decisions. Um, yeah. So it's listen. It's, this is going to be a big trade deadline for the Phillies um, for sure, no doubt in my mind. I don't think. I think Griffin McGarry is going to. I, I think Griffin McGarry is going to get traded. Some of these prospects are going to trade. I think Griffin McGarry slam dunk to be traded. That's my prediction. I think that's going to happen. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We got got about a week till the deadline. Um, to, so yeah, about about a week to, till the deadline. So it, it's going to be fun. Can't wait because when the when the Phillies are in it and they have to go out and make a move. That's always the best, right? Like sitting there watching TV, looking at your phone. Wait, what's going to happen? Listening to WIP. Like, all right, is Trey going to come through? We're going to hear that breaking news sounder. It's it's the best when the Phillies are good and, and they're going to go out. They're going to try and go out and get some more pieces. It's it's going to be awesome. All right, final segment coming up. Who's next? What prospect am I going to talk about this week? We'll see. Coming up on the other side. Welcome back to Philly's Full Count. Nick Earnshaw, your host here. Second episode, final segment of the day. Oh, man. Uh, We always got to end it like this. I think I'm going to do this as as the final segment every single show. Who's next? That's our minor league segment. Who's next for the Philadelphia Phillies? Uh, Last week was Johan Rojas. He came up. Uh, gave a pretty good debut for the Phillies. Had a pretty good couple of days um, getting the start. Awesome. Love Sion Rojas. Looks like a, a piece maybe for the future or maybe a trade chip. We'll, we'll see what happens. But this week, it's another possible trade chip, and that is Mick Abel. The Mick! He is our who's next prospect of the week. And, you know, he he's looked really good. Uh, in his last start, he went... He went five innings, gave up two hits, no earned runs, three walks, and had three strikeouts. Uh, he Right now, it's crazy. His road ERA is 2.23. So he's had a really good road ERA this year, a little bit better than his home ERA. Um, overall in the season, 4.39 ERA. So take it with what you will. Um, I, I like Mick. I like his stuff. I like his breaking pitches. I like his secondary pitches. I think if he can command them well enough, I, I think he's going to be a really good pitcher in this league. That, that's where I'm at with him. Like I, I saw a few of his starts last year. I called a couple of his starts, um, actually. Um, it, it, his secondary pitches are 
if he's able to command them, control them, get them over for strikes, oh man, he looks legit. Legit. Um, looks like a legit starter in this league. Like a, a really good number two. Um, he's a really good right-handed pitcher. I mean, this is a Phillies first round pick in 2020, 15th overall. And you're going to hear his name throughout, throughout the next couple of days. Um, if you haven't already, if you haven't been paying attention to some of the trade discussions and, you know, it's all, it's, you've heard a more about Andrew Painter, right? You've heard a lot about Andrew Painter. Um, he's the number one Phillies prospect. Um, but you haven't heard about the number two. Abel, Abel is, is he, he's number 36 on the MLB top 100 prospects list. Um, you know, first overall pick, um, 21 years old. He, he's, he's a, he's a really good pitching prospect and it's just where the Phillies are at right now. I don't know if he's going to come up and be a Philly. I, I just, I don't know. He's, he's not ready to come up yet. Um, you know, th- this year, def- definitely not ready. When I saw him, he was still in single. A. When I called his games, he was a single. A. This was last year. This year is his first year in double a. Um, I believe he went up to double a for a little bit last year. Um, he only pitched in five games, um, but this is his first full year in Double A. He struggled a little bit, but as of late, he's, he's pitched really well. As I mentioned before, his last start uh, went five innings, two hits, uh, three strikeouts on June 29th. Uh, let's see here. He went he went five innings, four hits, four earned runs, one homer, uh, and three walks. Um, it's, it's crazy in the, in the month of, a month of June. He brought his ERA back down to 3.81. Um, but there was a stretch where he gave up a home run in every single game. Yes, every single game. Seven straight. It was seven straight games. From May 26th to June 29th, he gave up a home run in each of those games. That's eh, not something you want to see. So his last start looked really good. Um, <laughs> the Phillies, uh, you know, I've seen some people on social media talk about, hey, McAvoy had a really good start in his last start. Uh, other teams, you better be watching, right? <laughs> because, you know, this is, this is a guy who's going to be floated around as a trade chip. Because I, I know the Phillies don't want to give up Andrew Painter. Um, you know, he he's he looks like a really, really great pitching prospect. Um, he's going to get probably Tommy John here. Um, but Mick Abel, another really good pitching prospect that they've started to develop. Um, hasn't had the best season this year. I'd say he's improved. Um a little bit, um, but it's his first full year in Double A. Some some of these guys just take more time, right? You you gotta let them develop. You gotta let them see um, better better hitters um, at the next level. And you know he was really good in Jersey Shore, really good when he was in High A. Double um, A, it's a little bit of a different animal, right? And then if he goes to Triple A, going to be a little bit of a different animal. And then obviously when you get to the major leagues, it's going to be a whole nother animal. So. Uh, Mick Abel's a guy to watch. Had a really good start back uh, on July twentieth um, in in his last outing. Guy that you have you have to watch, right? A guy you have to watch his name because um, this is the Phillies' number two ranked prospect. We know the problems they've had in their farm system, not being able to develop guys um, at, at a high level. Um, they've been known in, in their past trade pitching prospects. They you know Carrasco, a guy that's been really the only one that's panned out. It feels like um, that they've they've traded, so they've gotten lucky there. 
Um, I really like Mick Abel. I, I, I like I mentioned before, love his secondary pitches. Love them because if he can command them and locate them, the, he, he, you're gonna have a tough time hitting them. You're gonna have a tough time hitting them. I, I, he still has still has a lot of time to develop. Um, you know, got off to that slow start this year. I think if he has a really good second half, um, maybe he gets dealt in the offseason. Like maybe if they don't deal him, because I think the Phillies would want to try and keep Painter and Abel. Abel would probably be the odd man out this deadline. Th- this year, yeah. Like if they want to go after a, a guy, um, a, a big time hitter, um, a, a, a big time pitcher for the big club right now, yeah, you're probably gonna have to part ways with a Mick Abel because they're they're going to do everything they can to not trade Andrew Painter. Mick Abel, I feel like, is going to be that odd man out, right? Um, you know, he has decent statistics this year. Um, they, they drafted him high. He still has a lot of raw talent. Um, he's someone you can give up in a trade. Like, he's someone you can give up in a deal, and he could be dealt. And that's it's going to be a name that's talked about. You're going to see it float around. You're going to see mock trades. You're going to see Mick Abel in, in those mock trades. Um, and it's a right-handed pitcher. I don't want to. I don't want to deal. I don't want to get rid of him. I don't want to trade him. But I mean, yeah, you have to give up something to get something, right? Like if the Phillies want to contend this season, they're going to have to give something up. And I think Mick Abel is going to be that one piece they're going to have to give up. Now, I, I made the prediction earlier that Griff McGarry is probably going to get traded. Yeah, I think Griff McGarry is going to get traded. Um, I feel like if the Phillies don't make a a big splash, they're going to have to. They're going to make a couple of deals, and I think Griff's going to be. I, I think Griff's going to be the number one guy they're going to try and trade. But his age is where they pe- teams might have a little concern, and the Phillies might hang on to him. But he has some value too. But Mick has a little more value, so maybe you can get more back for Mick Abel. Or I shouldn't say maybe you are going to get back if you give up a, a prospect like Mick Abel. Um, I, I know there's there's a contingency of people that. Well, they're just prospects. You don't even know what they are yet. Yeah, I I know that. And, and you know, for the Phillies, they their core right now is to win. But you also have to think about the future. Like these guys, like Harper, Turner, J.T. Romuto, they can get old quick. Like that can happen. And you have to think about the future, right? What are you going to do with Aaron Nola? Are you going to re-sign him? You're going to bring him back? Um, you have all these pitching prospects you want to bring up. They're not ready yet. There's a lot of decisions to make. There's a lot of things to think about here when you're moving on from prospects like this. The Phillies have not developed players. They have not developed players. That's why you haven't made the playoffs since 2011. Last year was the first time since then because they haven't developed players. You're finally starting to develop a player in Alec Bohm. You're finally starting to develop a player like Bryson Stott, right? Your homegrown guys. Um, you know, the only guys they've really developed that have been really good players for this team are Aaron Nola and Reese Hoskins. I mean, that's really been it. The other guys are all free agent signings. And if you're the Phillies, yeah, you want to go for it this year, but do you want to sell your best prospects, your farm, for one player for rental? I I, I wouldn't want to do that. If you're going to give up um, some top guys like a Mick Abel, like I've talked about, who's got a lot of promise, struggled a little bit this year in Double A, but he's a number two ranked prospect. He's on the top 100 list in Major League Baseball. Yeah, you, you have to think about it. that's That's going to be tough to do. It's hard to do um, because you have three really good pitching prospects in Painter, Abel, and McGarry, and that, that, that can be a force going forward because, you know, you, you've, you've struggled with a fifth starter. You've struggled with starting pitching depth. 
Uh, Wheeler's getting a little up there. Aaron Nola's contract's expiring. Are you just going to go out and spend more money? Like, what's going to be the plan here? And, you know, if you if you want to build for the future, you have to have guys that come up. And, you know, take a look at the Orioles, man. They, they've developed players, and now they're in first place. Like, they've invested in their farm system. They've invested in these young players. So they're a perfect example right now of, yeah, you can do it if you can develop players correctly. And the Phillies now are starting to replenish that farm system that they really haven't had for a long time. And, you know, guys aren't going to pan out. Guys, Some guys are, uh, will work. Some guys won't. I mean, that's just part of the game. But when you have talent, when you have talent like you do with your, your top pitching prospects and a guy like Nick Abel, who I think can be a really good starter in this league, maybe not an ace, but a good two, like an Aaron Nola type of guy, right? Yeah, I mean, that's something I don't know if I want to part with, especially at his age at 21 years old. So it, it, it's there's a lot of decisions to think about here for Dave Dombrowski, and I, I, I trust him. I trust him um, to, to get it done. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think he's going to... I don't think he's gonna sell your top prospects if he's not gonna get something really good back. I, I just don't see him doing that um, at all. I don't see him moving on from Mick. I don't see him moving on from Painter um, unless they're getting something substantial back in return. I, I just can't see him giving giving them away. I just not 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 at this moment. Not at this point in time with where the Phillies are at. While they re- desperately need a right-handed bat, you're going for it this year. Guys can get old quick. Guys are you're starting to hit their 30s now in this lineup, your stars. So you want to you wanna be able to keep some of your, your top guys and, and start developing them. So that's just my, my thoughts on it. I think Griffin McGarry is probably going to be their, their best trade chip right now um, because, you know, if you're not going after, uh, you know, a top bat, I think you can get something decent back with Griff McGarry and maybe a couple other other lower-level prospects at this point. All right, that's going to do it for me, Nick Earnshaw. This is Philly's Full Count. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back once again next week right here on Philly's 24-7. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.